When we talk about visualization at UCLA, we talk about what most people would think of as virtual reality. We create photorealistic models of large parts of the city, of the urban environment, that we can use the mouse to walk through in real time, very much like a video game. Uh, the difference between what we do in a video game is that we're replicating what's really there rather than somebody's hypothesis of what would be cool. In order to create these virtual worlds, what we do is we go out and we, we do site visits. Um, we take hundreds if not thousands of digital photographs. Um, we, we go to various agencies and we pull information, computer-aided design drawings of buildings. We go to the uh, Department of Transportation and get the road drawings. We go to Caltrans in order to get the freeway drawings. We go to the Department of Sanitation uh, because they have the best elevation information in terms of the, the elevations, the heights of the streets and the blocks in the city. We combine all of this together and create a virtual reality model or a visual simulation model of large portions of the city which are absolutely real to people who live there. When people come um, to see our visualizations, who live in a community so they know it quite well, they feel like they're there and that by doing something that's completely realistic, we get a lot of credibility. When we say there's going to be something new built there and this is what it's going to look like, they believe it because the existing environment that we're showing them looks like what their experience says it is. We found that when we use visualization to help people, not only in the architectural community, um, but just community members and stakeholders that are not architects, to understand what's being proposed, that they're able to not only understand it, because everybody, we're, we're leveraging a technology that everybody's familiar with. It's called television. Effectively, we're just showing you what it's going to be using a television-like um, approach. And when they can see it in a context that they understand, when, when they can see their neighborhood like they know it exists, and we place a new project in there, we get a lot of credibility. And we've developed an interface that allows us to go through multiple different alternatives by just literally taking a menu and selecting items from that menu. And so they can look at these projects if they're tall, if, if they're broader, if they're landscaped in one way or another, and they can go through this in an iterative way in order to make good choices. And we find that they do make good choices. It's amazing how the dynamic on these projects will change when people can look at it and understand what's being proposed. We can easily take um, somebody's home or an area and show what it would look like with native California landscaping. Uh, and we can look at multiple alternatives because of course there's not just one native California landscape, there are many. Um, we can also do things. We, I was talking to the tree people at length at one point in time and they were looking at um, a cistern type approach where runoff from the roofs of buildings could be captured in the cisterns from residential homes and then used to water 
um, the, the landscape, the yards as during the drier periods. So there's a number of things that we can simulate, the native California landscape, how cisterns can be built into walls, um, how French drains can be used to recapture the runoff into the groundwater table. Uh, so there, there's a variety of things that could be done in, in order to show how we could be a more water efficient community. Uh, Andy Lipkiss, who at the point in time we were doing this or talking to him, went on sabbatical. And I haven't actually talked to Andy since he went on sabbatical. I'm assuming that he's back at the tree people, but I don't know. Um, so nothing did, but we, we actually talked to him at length and, and had a, quite a good relationship with the tree people during that period of, of time. We've, we've done a couple of environmental projects, but they, they actually weren't oriented towards water or water conservation in the sense that we're talking about now. Um, we developed a system, or we adapted our system, to um, one of our, Tom Harmon, one of the UCLA environmental faculty. He does um, hazardous waste site mitigation, particularly for underground flows of toxic chemicals. and so. Um, we adapted our system to allow him to use it as a teaching tool so that he could have his students go to a simulated environment that has, let's say, had a gasoline tank leak or something and they can probe virtually in order to find where the toxic plumes are and then develop a mitigation plan for that. So. In, in a sense, we're dealing with groundwater, but not in the sense, I think, that you're getting after. Um, the other thing that we've done is we, we um, went ahead and created a model of about a six-mile stretch of the L.A. River and did a little bit of what if, you know, what if we had cofferdams at either end of this stretch that would retain the water during the summer or turn it into a linear lake. Um, Tucson, not Tucson, excuse me, uh, Phoenix has done that um, in Tempe by the University um, of Arizona State. And uh, they've actually created um, effectively a linear river, or linear lake, sorry, um, by damming up two ends of a river and just keeping it filled in what would normally be an arid landscape with the natural runoff. Um, and they use that that lake quite a bit so we we've done that we haven't done as much as we'd like but we've mostly been concentrating on really the the dense urban areas of los angeles